Are the Ohio State Buckeyes close to receiving numerous verbal commitments in a short period of time based off the things that have come from a big recruiting weekend in Columbus? It seems like that might become a reality. You are Locked On Buckeyes, your daily podcast on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Buckeye fans? Welcome back to another episode of Locked on Buckeyes for the Locked on Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jay Stevens, also the host of the Jay Stevens Podcast. It is Monday, June 19th in the year 2023. And this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked on. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked on today to get started during today's episode we will go over how the nil collectives at ohio state can benefit recruiting in 2023 and i'll go over and i will list the best quarterbacks at ohio state of the 21st century but first a year ago i remember the conversations we had here on this show with john garcia jr at the time in regards to the big recruiting weekend that ohio state had and how it may have seemed like a flop well, based off the things that have generated and have been discussed from the big recruiting weekend Ohio State had over the weekend, it sure seems like things went a whole lot better this year than they did in 2022. We all know and we discussed it with Brian Smith about how there are going to be numerous official visits taken to Columbus during the month of June. Now, also, a few months ago, you could have looked at different recruiting databases and just seen different four-star and five-star recruits and saying, when is the big weekend in Columbus? When is Ryan Day trying to have the biggest group of four and five stars during a particular weekend? It was June 16th through the 18th. And we all know, many of us have realized that over the years, things are good. Things are great. Recruiting is fine. That's not how things are currently going at Ohio State. Things seem a little bit better so far during this recruiting cycle on offense, but buddy on defense, there's a lot that is they're waiting to see happen, which is why this weekend was so big. And based off the buzz and things that I have seen on Twitter and even Ohio State's own football Twitter account even is hinting at a verbal commitment. Now, at the time of this recording, it has not been announced just yet. That does not mean uh, it won't be announced by the time you're listening to the show. At the time of this recording, there have not been any verbal commitments announced. But I'm just wondering, will it be one, two, three, or four, maybe five in a 30-day span or five in a two-week span that we're going to be witnessing and discussing here on the show? Because it seems like the big recruiting weekend, not just based off the recruits, but the coaches realize you got to capitalize on this on this moment. Sure seems like Ryan Day and the other coaches are capitalizing on the moment as we speak. And Brian Smith says it all the time. I wish there was going to be a time I just clip what Brian says about the recruiting and what Ohio State needs to do and the guys they need to get. Just going to clip it and play it in one of the shows, a solo show that I do, and just say, oh, oh, Lockdown's recruiting analyst, a guy who's been covering recruiting for a long period of time. Here's what he has to say. Just clip that thing and just play it over and over and over again. Why? Because it's so true. 
you have to capitalize on these events. There were 10 official visitors, including four five-star prospects that were at Ohio State over the weekend, one of them being five-star safety K.J. Bolden. Now, I remember, got to go back in the archives on the playlist where we have our recruiting updates. There was a time that myself and I think at the time it was John Garcia Jr. discussed K.J. Bolden. And I watched the tape. I saw the film. I went to the YouTube, and I said, oh, buddy, he's a gamer. Like, I don't care what the stars are next to your name. If there's three, four, or five, I don't care. He's a gamer. That guy can play big league ball. That guy can come in and prepare and be ready to play Big Ten football. I'm not saying he's going to start year number one, but he's coming in like, hey, if y'all aren't ready, y'all might find me on the field. And when I say find me on the field, I ain't mean it with the special teams, but that's definitely a spot where he could play when he get if he comes to Columbus to play the football. But also, you can find me on the field playing safety, multiple positions, because he's that talented. He has that much range. He is that kind of guy, which is why Ryan Day, Larry Johnson, there's another guy we're going to talk about here as a defensive lineman, Pierre Tim Walton, Jim Knowles, they understand the severity and the seriousness in regards to this recruiting weekend. I sure hope it happens, man. You go to the offensive um, class of 2024 for Ohio State recruiting, you got a quarterback. I think you got multiple running backs. I believe you got a tight end. You got multiple receivers. You got four old linemen. Like, you're going to add two, uh, one more receiver, possibly two more receivers to the class, probably two more old linemen, maybe three more old linemen. You might add another quarterback. Probably not going to happen, but it might happen. But offensively, things are pretty set with the recruiting class. And based on just the quarterback situation alone between the Kyle McCord and Devin Brown, one of them starting this year, you're going to have another – whoever doesn't start is going to be there next year as well. Like, it's going to happen. Now, McCord, if he doesn't start, he could transfer. But Devin Brown's going to be there. So you got Devin Brown or Kyle McCord. Got a good quarterback for 2024. Got Lincoln Ken Get, going to get him here, get him acclimated. He's there. Air Nolan, about to be a senior in high school. He's there. But we remember, there might be a time Ryan Day wants to add two quarterbacks for depth purposes, competition purposes. They might want to go out and say, hey, really, we remember what happened a year ago in regards to the recruiting at Ohio State and thinking you had a quarterback. Oh, no, no. I think they had a quarterback decommit to go somewhere else down south. Hey, it happened. Things happen. You got to keep recruiting. Defensively, if they can get K.J. Bolden, great. But Edric Houston has a date for him to commit to commit to play football somewhere to, for his verbal commitment date. He is another one. that When I mentioned Larry Johnson earlier, Edric Houston was on my mind. Five-star defensive lineman. Talented, talented young man. He is scheduled to announce his... Uh, uh, commitment to wherever he's going to play college football on August 22nd. Edric Houston is someone the Buckeyes realize if you want to get back to having elite DN play, one, you got to start with developing guys currently, but two, you got to recruit the right guys. And Edric Houston, from things that I have seen, he is a right kind of guy that Ohio State and that you would want on your program. Bigger recruiting weekend, I'm here for it. Have the Buckeyes locked the guys down? Sure seems like somebody's made a verbal commitment to be to be a Buckeye. 
Who is it? Not sure yet. However, just wait and see. Based on things that have cut, that happened over the weekend, could have been a big recruiting weekend that was witnessed in Columbus, and we can see three, four, maybe five verbal commitments in a short period of time before you think. Coming up next, we are going to go over NIL's impact on Ohio State recruiting, especially coming on the heels of what happened over the weekend where you have 10 official visits at one time. I know the collectives, they're hard at work, and they're trying to do everything they can to help Ohio State Athletics be all you can be, all it can be, excuse me. That's, that's coming up next here on Lock on Buckeyes. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Baseball season is in full swing, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash on to join today. So don't miss your chance to snag a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash on to Sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. NIL is something that I believe Ohio State and the other schools in college football realize you have to utilize. You have to utilize the funds at your disposal. You have to utilize the different things and different avenues you can use to benefit and help recruiting. You have to use them. NIL is not something or the name, image, and likeness that players are able to embark on and take a part of now. It's not something based on and only on recruiting. It's a long-term project or long-term commitment that you would hope the collectors at Ohio State will utilize to even keep players on the roster. But in regards to the, the recruiting at Ohio State, I remember this is a, a show where we're going back in time. I remember a time period when it seemed like the collectives were behind. It wasn't that long ago where there were conversations in regards to the collectives at Ohio State where collectives are a group, it's, a, it's an organization that collects funds and that filters that funds, those funds out to athletes to help them make money. That is a quick way to summarize the collectives, not just at Ohio State, but all throughout collegiate athletics. In regards to the collectives at Ohio State, it sure seems like right now, Things are going a whole lot better. They have a better grasp on things. And things are going to go better for the recruits and those that are currently at Ohio State based off the structure of the numerous collectives that are associated with the Ohio State University. But think about this. This is something that when you think about a collective, Ohio State really wanted to embark on without knowing everything about it. Ohio State, they're going to have their compliance compartment compliance department work hand in hand and make sure everything is done properly. Even though the collectives and the NCAA is not really enforcing the rules that they should be enforcing, Ohio State still wants to make sure they're not about to get in trouble. They want to make sure things are a-okay. And I do understand, even though I didn't like it a lot of times, I do understand why Ohio State may have been a little bit slow to get things going, to get things in order in regards to the collectives 
in Columbus. But the recruiting weekend we just witnessed, where I mentioned Edric Houston, a five-star prospect, and K.J. Bolden, a five-star prospect, by numerous different recruiting databases, Ohio State realizes we have to be on point. We are the Ohio State University. Yes, Oklahoma and Texas and USC and Washington and Oregon and Alabama and Auburn and Georgia and Miami and Florida State and the Florida Gators and Clemson. and so, like, There are so many schools out there that have their collectives. Ohio State can't worry about any of them and worry about what they're doing. They can't do that. What can Ohio State do? What should they do? One, make sure they're following the rules. Regardless of what anybody else is doing, make sure you're following the rules. Because if you're following the rules, we would have another surprise in regards to Ohio State. Oh, didn't follow the rules. What's going to happen? Probation. Another probationary period with the talent at Ohio State, especially right now at this point in college football. I don't think anybody wants Jay to come on the show and say, ooh, Man, Ohio State didn't follow the rules. The compliance department either dropped the ball or didn't care about X, Y, or Z and what's up. A 12-month probationary period. Nobody wants that. Think about it. Think about the fact if Ohio State has Tui Malowal and Sawyer for another year. Let's say they play this year, then they play another year at Ohio State. Sawyer comes into his own. Tui Malowal becomes more consistent. Let's say you have C.J. Hicks and Sonny Styles on the field starting in the next year in 2024. Let's say uh, Denzel Burke stays another year. Don't expect it. Stays another year. Um, um, Davidson Igmanosin on defense. He is there. He's solid. Um, on offense, you got all, all this elite talent there. And let's say all of a sudden, based on some things that have happened at Ohio State, them breaking the rules, due to the, some things they've done with the collectives, Probation, you'd be in in an uproar. You'd be like, how in the world is this happening again? I thought we were past the weird, trying to put two words together was not good right there, guys. Trying to put the words together at one time. No, doesn't make sense. Sometimes my words get tied together and that that happens. No, it would be a weird time to go through that once again. You don't want to go through the, the tattoo gate and, other weird things that have happened, even though that many people think Tattoo Gate is stupid, and I don't really agree with how it went down, or even the punishment that was handed down either, or even the head coach Jim Trestle stepping away like that. Like, I don't think he should have been forced out by anybody. Ohio State, NCAA, nobody. I don't think it should have happened, but you don't want to go through that period again where, hey, follow the rules, forget what everybody else is doing, just follow the rules, and you'll be a okay. Like, you don't want to go through that again, but you want to make sure that things are done and properly and in order. And I do believe Ohio State in the beginning, and the collectives as well, there was maybe a little disconnect with what the collectives wanted and what Ohio State wanted as well. Not saying Ohio State didn't want to support them. They just wanted to understand something that is new and make sure that the new thing that's being that's happening is being, ha- is, is being done in a way that won't get Ohio State in trouble. That's it. Now, I understand the NCAA is not following the rules and the NCAA is not doing things properly. And I understand the NCAA is saying there are rules, but they're not enforcing said rules. I understand all of that. I also realize the whole conversation in regards to in regards to the collectives and even previously 
when the work collectives, the bag man or the uh, the shoe man or uh, McDonald's bags with money. I understand there's been money given to recruits all the time for decades. 50s. I remember well, somebody in Oklahoma in the 50s got caught. It's, that's still going to happen no matter what. And I do believe collectives will be utilizing um, different things in their power that they should not utilize. Why? Because rules aren't being enforced. And I do believe Ohio State's NIL impact are trying to get the players some money. Yeah, I feel like that was felt over the weekend. I know there will be people talking. There were people talking to their recruits. Why? Because they want to make sure they're doing everything in their power within the rules, the confines of the rules, to make sure they can help Ohio State athletes. So the athletic department is winning championships, bringing hardware home bringing home and the players are earning another pair of gold pants. Why? It's important to make sure you're doing everything in the rules to compile the most talent that you can in Columbus. So you're not missing on big time recruits. It's still weird. I know by many that Ohio state did not secure a verbal commitment or even a um, signing uh, from Keon Keeley, Damon Wilson, or Mateo. Uyunglele. It's weird. It's odd. It's odd. You think Larry Johnson, Ryan day, They'll lock in and they'll be fine. Great. Realize, a year ago, they were going through a new defensive coordinator and maybe some things that were being done or being said or maybe there was speculation about, hey, how will Jim Knowles be at Ohio State? I, I trust Larry Johnson. How was the defense going to be? Keep here going out the jack position and all this stuff. Maybe the collectors at other schools were in a better situation to handle those recruits, to help them immediately. Maybe it was a family situation, whatever it may be. Not saying it was any coach's fault. It seemed like a year ago, even the collectives weren't as uh, good or pro- weren't working as well as they are right now in 2023. There's a big impact on the NIL, the name, image, and likeness, the players being able to sign endorsement deals to make money. And I do believe Ohio State realizes that there's an impact on Ohio State's collectives when it comes to re- recruiting. If the collectors are working properly and doing everything they can, going to see a big bump in Buckeye recruiting over the next couple months. Coming up next, I've done it before, but I believe I was just seeing a recent article on 11warriors.com. It's time to revisit and discuss who is the best Ohio State quarterback of the 21st century. That's coming up next here on Locked on Buckeyes. Locked on to NBA Mock Draft Special is here, and it's bigger than ever. Follow along the entire first round in a six-episode Ultimate Mock Draft experience. Only Locked On can deliver. All episodes are available now on Locked On NBA Big Board on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. Who is the best quarterback in your mind in Ohio State history or in the 21st century, excuse me? Who do you think it is? I think everybody that's listening or watching right now has their own thought. You might say, oh, it's Justin Fields. Maybe you say, ooh, it's a guy who was just the second overall pick in the NFL draft. It's C.J. Stroud. Maybe you're saying, oh, it's J.T. Barrett. Maybe it's Braxton Miller. I know all over the place there are numerous people that have their own thoughts and opinions in regards to who the best quarterback is at Ohio State in the 21st century. And I do believe there's an argument for the players that I mentioned. There's an argument for Justin Fields. There's an argument for JT Barrett. 
there's an argument for C.J. Stroud. There's an argument for Troy Smith. There's an argument argument for a lot of quarterbacks. Braxton Miller, you want to throw him in there? There's an argument for him as well. But I think when it comes to a guy who you say or who is the best quarterback of the 21st century at Ohio State, you got to look at a couple things. How well can he throw the football? Now, you don't be the best thrower of the football, but you got to kind of look at it and say, who is the best thrower of the football? Or how well can, more so, how well can he throw the football? Not the best thrower, because I don't believe the best thrower of the 21st century is the guy that's going to be the best quarterback of the 21st century at Ohio State. There's kind of a way to make it food for thought or kind of chew on some things and digest kind of how you analyze this very topic. Did they win? I mean, good quarterbacks win. I think that's an easy statement to make. Good quarterbacks win. Great quarterbacks win. Not saying they win national championships as the guys on my paper here. There's only one player that has won a national championship of the five names that are on this paper. I think you kind of, you might get an idea about who that player is. So you got to know, did they win? Were they a gamer? Did they rise to the occasion in big moments? Now, around here at Ohio State, and those of us here that listen to podcasts or big Ohio State fans, did they beat Michigan? It's a valid question to ask, and you have to put that in here. If you didn't beat Michigan, are you the best Ohio State quarterback of the 21st century? There's an emphasis that has been put there for decades. If you're a great quarterback at Ohio State, if you're one of the best at Ohio State, you beat Michigan. Hands down. It's an expectation. Every year, you beat Michigan. And I have a hard time saying somebody's the best quarterback at Ohio State in the 21st century if they didn't beat that team up north. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm not. That's just the way that I view this topic. Other things that are there as well. I don't want to put stock and say, it was he a mobile quarterback. Like, I don't really want to say you have to be a mobile quarterback to be the best quarterback of the 21st century at Ohio State. Don't want to say that. But I do think, though, when you think about it in the grand scheme of things, as much as I want to put C.J. Stroud in this conversation, say maybe he's a top five guy uh, or top six guy, I think he's in that conversation, top five, top six, maybe in the 21st century. But, buddy, I got a hard time putting the quarterback in that conversation or giving him that title if he didn't beat the team up north. Now, maybe you say, Jay, it's not everything. Maybe you say with a new format, you could play in the Big Ten Championship. You could win a ring after losing to Michigan. Okay, cool. You could say, Jay, you could win a national championship, even though in the same year you lose to Michigan. Okay, that's true. What also is true is beating Michigan means a lot at Ohio State, which is why I have a hard time putting C.J. Stroud in this conversation or giving him that title because he didn't beat the Wolverines. Got two cracks at it. Lost both times. Now, Braxton Miller is a talented guy, not the best thrower of the football, but very, very talented, a dual threat guy. But I do think there were some things he was lacking with his arm and just the accuracy needed at the quarterback position for him to be here. Now, I got some more guys here. I don't have Cardell Jones in the conversation. I don't have Craig Krenzel. I don't even, Dwayne Haskins, yes, but I don't think he is there. He only did it for one year. I, I, I didn't want some consistency. Now, here's where it gets hard. Where do you put JT Barrett, Justin Fields, and Troy Smith in this thing? 
in the moment, in the time, I wasn't the biggest JT Barrett fan. I did not appreciate the way he played the football back then. However, the further we get away from Barrett's career at Ohio State, the more I appreciate the quarterback he was, what he did in his consistent path of winning. 2014, remember, he wasn't the starting quarterback, wasn't supposed to be the starting quarterback in that season. Braxton Miller gets hurt. JT Barrett comes in, phenomenal, goes down against Michigan. Cardell Jones comes in. The rest is history. A national championship winning quarterback in JT Barrett. However, however, things he lacked in the throwing game knock him out. I wish I could put Justin Fields here, but I think Troy Smith, and it's not just because he, he, he won the Heisman. I've heard numerous guys that played, played with him lift him up recently. And I had my own things that I thought Fields didn't do well during this year's being starting quarterback at Ohio State. So as much as I loved Fields and loved what he did against Clemson in 2020, I think it's Troy Smith. Best OSU quarterback of the 21st century is Troy Smith. You want to hear who I think the best Ohio State running back is of the 21st century? Come back tomorrow. I'll have some more thoughts, some more answers for you there as well. A little fun summer conversation from our top summer topic and, uh, I might even get some guests on here to discuss my thoughts about these topics in the future. Guys, you can follow me on Twitter at jsteven07. Send all of your emails to jsteven317 at gmail.com. We're out of here on a Monday here on Locked on Buckeyes. Three more shows left this week. Remember, no Friday shows during the month of June. We'll be back tomorrow. One topic we'll discuss is the best OSU quarterback, or excuse me, best OSU running back of the 21st century. Maybe some more OSU topics we'll discuss here tomorrow as well. This has been Locked on Buckeyes here on a Monday. I'll see you next time.